Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. Shalom, what's going on, everybody? I am Bishop Kevin Foreman. Welcome to this month's edition of the Bishop Kevin Foreman Leadership Podcast. We want to help leaders go yeah, further faster. And we love people. And you know we love life. Love life. Love God. And we love people. And you know we love life. This is done uh, as a resource really available to anybody, but in tandem with the Harvest Leadership Network, which is all about empowering leaders to seize the harvest and change regions. That's what we are all about. I want to encourage you to connect with us. Get our app. That's the best way to connect with myself, best way to connect with Harvest Church, Harvest Leadership Network, Harvest Bible College, Harvest Foundation, all of the different things that we do. The information is right there on the screen for those of you looking at the video podcast. And for those of you that are listening, just go to harvestchurch.church and you'll be able to get our app that way. Let me also encourage you to connect with the Harvest Leadership Network. Our organization is growing every single month and that's because leaders recognize the importance of being connected or something that is going to help them to grow, help them to develop. At the time of this podcast, it's totally free, zero cost. Did you hear me? Zero cost. I'll say it a third time. Zero cost to connect with the Harvest Leadership Network, and we encourage you to be a part of that. Again, if you're listening, go to harvestsearch.church forward slash HLM. And then if you're watching the video podcast, you've got it right there on the screen. I also want to encourage you, if this is a blessing to you, be a blessing to it. How can you do that? A few ways. Number one, you can share. When you share this podcast, you literally help us to reach more people. That's number one. Number two, leave a five-star review wherever you uh, receive your podcast. If that's iTunes or a Google product or whatever platform you receive your podcast on, leave a five-star review. And number three, so bless what blesses you. Bless what blesses you and all the methods to do that are right there uh, on the screen. The simplest and easiest way uh, is the cash app, dollar sign, Bishop Foreman with the number two. But all the methods are there. Of course, as you all know, we have to continue to grow, evolve, and develop. And so sometimes those giving methods can shift a little bit. And so I'll just, again, point you to the simplest and easiest way, harvestchurch.church forward slash give, harvestchurch.church forward slash give, and you can uh, uh, bless what blesses you. I also want to say um, that many leaders like to do one-on-ones with me. One-on-ones are very powerful, uh, I think, for leaders of every scope, of every background, of every experience level. Uh, I literally have the privilege of coaching leaders that lead multi-million dollar organizations and Leaders that are just getting started, uh, leaders that have mastered certain areas to leaders that feel like they haven't mastered any areas. The beauty of a one-on-one session is that we will literally tailor make a coaching plan for you with practical steps 
help you discover your challenges, really walk you through it. I can I be honest with you, the reason I still do those is not because I don't have anything else to do. It's because I love to walk with people one-on-one. -on -one. So we'd love for you to do that. Again, you can do that right through our app or through our website, Harvest Search That Search, and you can connect with us that way or Bishop Foreman, B-I-S-H-O-P-F-O-R-E-M-A-N.com. If you look at the video podcast, you can see this shirt we've got called Curse Breaker. Um, that literally, what's a curse? It's an empowerment to fail. You're a curse breaker. You need to hear me. You are a world-changing, history-making, curse-breaking leader. That's who you are. If you want to grab this shirt, so many people ask about the attire that I wear. Again, at our website and our app, harvardshirts.church, and you can grab that shirt. Today's um, amazing topic uh, in our podcast um, is called The Looked Over Leader. The Looked Over Leader. I want to pray, and then we're going to jump right into it. Father, we bless you. We honor you, sir. Thank you for this amazing leader. I pray that life would be spoken into them. Give them the strength they need, God, as they continue their journey to transform lives. The role of leadership is to bring change. Leaders solve the problems that others cannot. And uh, leaders empower leaders. Leaders build leaders. Leaders make things better. And so today I pray that this leader, that their life will be impacted in a positive and substantive way. I pray that everything that's telling them they're not, that we would shut that down and we feed that which tells them that they are through you in Jesus name. You said, God, through the apostle Paul, I can do all things. That's who we are. We're the leaders that can do all things through Christ who strengthens us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, let's jump in. So when I talk about the looked over leader, this is something that every leader, no doubt, has dealt with at one point or another uh, in their leadership journey, in their life journey. It's the feeling of being looked over. It's the feeling of being looked over. And we see this happen with somebody that I love, love preaching about because of the complexities of his life. King David. King David is such an interesting man because you find him as this teenage boy who's been overlooked by his father. He's been looked over by his father, but yet God sees him. And in the moments where he's being looked over, there are some things that are developing in him, some things that are happening in him that are making him stronger, making him better, making him wiser, making him a leader that is going to make substantive change. I think this is important because no matter what your level of exposure, what your level of influence, every leader has moments that they feel looked over. Wave at me if you're watching this on the video podcast. Just do the hand wave emoji. If you're listening to this, just wave your hand in your car. Wave your hand on the treadmill or wave your hand on the bench press, wherever you're at. We've all had those moments. And I need you to know that's part of the journey of leadership is the moments that you feel like you've been looked over. I want to um, show you some things that can happen when a leader is looked over and they do not process it properly. We're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 11. It says this, it happened in the spring of the year, the time when the kings go out to battle. So David now, when we're reading, he's already become king. If you're unfamiliar with David's story, uh, a very short version of his story is as a teenage boy, Samuel, the man of God comes in and says, there's a king in his house. 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 Seven of David's brothers go before him. Um, none of them are God's selection. The man of God says, is there another? And David's father, Jesse, basically says there is. Essentially, he's looked over. You know, it couldn't be David. David doesn't look like a king. He doesn't talk like a king. He doesn't walk like a king. And for many of you, you do not fit the old mold. Mm, let's go. That's because you represent the new that God is getting ready to do. I need you to speak that. I need you to say that I am the new God is getting ready to do. You don't look like the old mold because God wants to do something new through you. David did not look like 
the mold of a king. So his father didn't invite him in. There's so many complexities to that. So David's looked over. And as he's looked over, he's the one God's looking at. Anytime you feel looked over by humans, you are normally the one God is looking at. I'm going to say that again. That is so good, leader. Anytime you feel looked over by man, you're the one God is looking at. Anytime you feel looked over, have you ever as a leader said, God, you know, why is this person getting all the opportunity? I'm excited for them, but Where's my opportunity? Where's my door opening? Where, where's my breakthrough moment? Hear me. When you feel looked over by man, you are often looked on by God. So David goes for, um, he ends up getting anointed right there in the midst of his brothers at approximately age 16. He's anointed in the midst of his brothers. And then he goes, he fights a king's battle. He fights Goliath. He conquers Goliath. King Saul, who's the incumbent king at the time, who David's been anointed to replace, brings him around him. But King Saul begins to want to kill him. So while David was playing, David was a musician. David was also a prophet. Saul was not just king. He was also a prophet. What's a prophet? It's one who speaks on behalf of God. When you study the Bible, you discover that both of them were. And David would begin to play his instrument. When David would play, the Bible says this distressing spirit would leave King Saul. That's amazing. I mean, David literally was anointed to play. And everybody would watch. He's sitting in the room with who he will replace. God, that's a whole revelation. Because many times you will be sitting in the room. You will be sitting in the very presence of who you are getting ready to replace. And it's not a negative thing. It's just sometimes God puts the old and the new in the same room to say, do not be the old. Do not do it the way this person did it. So Saul begins to throw his javelin at David to try to kill David while David is literally there playing. And David does something amazing. He remains faithful. He remains consistent. He gets right back on his post day after day after day. And even when people try to come against King Saul, David says, touch not my anointed, do my prophet no harm. In other words, he says, I will not disrespect Saul. I will not dishonor Saul. Even though Saul is looking over me, I will not disrespect. I will not dishonor. That's a whole revelation. David, years later, eventually becomes king. Um, and uh, first part of Judah, then all of the combined nation of Israel and Judah. And uh, as David becomes king, uh, now we are in 2 Samuel chapter 11. All right, I gave you a lot. Here we go. 2 Samuel 11, verse 1. It happened in the spring of that year, the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon, besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Notice the Bible says kings are supposed to go out to battle. David has decided he doesn't have to go to this battle. Let me say this as a leader. Be careful when you delegate what you need to do. Be careful when you delegate what you need to do. Because sometimes as a leader, the thought is, I just need... I just need to delegate, delegate, delegate. And that's true, especially as you grow a larger organization. Delegation is important. But there are certain battles that are king's battles. And David, you literally got into this by fighting a king's battle when you fought Goliath. So now why all of a sudden are you delegating the king's battle to uh, your your soldiers, to those that are uh, uh, serving you? Be careful as a leader that you don't delegate what you need to do. Now, verse two, it happened one evening that David rose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house and from the roof and saw a woman bathing and, in, and inquired about the woman. Somebody said, is that night Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Uriah is one of David's mighty men and one of David's soldiers. 
Um, Bathsheba wasn't doing anything unusual. That was normal. It's just a matter of gravity that the you were able, the baths and, and how they washed was at the top so that the water would flow down. It's very, very simple. Verse four, then David sent messengers and took her and she came to him and laid with her for she was cleansed from her impurity and she returned to her house and the woman conceived. So she sent and told David, I am with child. So basically David gets this woman pregnant. Let's skip down to verse 11. And he never would have done that had he not delegated what he should have done. He never would have been out of place had he delegated what he shouldn't have done. Sometimes when you've been looked over, you can develop a sense of entitlement when you get looked on. All right, let's go. And your eyes said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents. And my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I go to my house and eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live, as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Um, verse 13. Now, when David called him, he ate and drank before him and made him drunk. At that evening, he went to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but didn't go to his house. So Uriah comes back from the battle. He eats, he drinks. And in all of that, um, they got him drunk. They got him drunk basically to make it look like when Uriah got with Bathsheba, that he was the one that got her pregnant and he wouldn't remember what was going on. Essentially, David begins to act very deceptive. All right. Look at verse 15. Then he wrote in the letter saying, um, set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle. So now they're back in battle. And David writes to the leader of the army, Joab, and says, put Uriah, the husband to Bathsheba, the woman I got pregnant because I delegated what I should have done and I wasn't in the right place. Put him in the hottest part of the, hottest part of the battle so that he dies. Wow. Verse 16, so it was while Joab besieged the city, he assigned Uriah to a place where they came out and fought with Joab and some of the people of the servants of David fell. And Uriah the Hittite died also. Verse 26, when the wife of Uriah heard Uriah, her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done had displeased the Lord. So you see this, this is a whole scandalous situation. And the reason I love talking about David is because of the complexities. The Bible says David is a man after God's own heart. But look, he literally just had one of his most loyal guys. He just had this guy set up. He just had this guy essentially murdered. He is now taking this man's wife, brought her into the, the palace. And he does this because he realizes that he got her pregnant. And so sometimes when we read the Bible, we forget that these are real men and women that lived and walked the earth. And this story in 2 Samuel 11 is intriguing because we find King David, as I mentioned, the Bible calls a man after God's own heart, but he acts in quite a lascivious and a scandalous way. And I'm going to tell you why that happens, because as a leader, if you can understand why you do something, you can change what you're doing. I'm going to say it again. If you understand why you're doing something, you can change what you're doing. This is also true for those you lead. If you understand their why, then you will understand their what. And sometimes when you're building something, when you're leading something, you don't fully understand the why. So you don't fully embrace or fully grab a hold of the what. This is the David that's the promulgator of praise, prayer, and worship. Yet he set this man up to be murdered because of his illicit relationship with Bathsheba. The question has to be asked, what made David act this way? It's rejection. It's rejection. He's been looked over for so much of his life. He develops a sense of entitlement. 
yes, rejection. We've all experienced rejection at some point or another from someone we wanted to accept us. A father, a mother, a brother, a sister, relationships in your city, in your region. If you're leading a business, uh, a, a client that you wanted. David was rejected by his father in 1 Samuel 16. When David's a teenager, as I mentioned to you, Samuel, the man of God comes, seven of Jesse's sons pre present themselves, but it's David, David, the eighth son. The eighth is a new beginning. And I need you to hear me. You are the new beginning. One of the most interesting things about your journey, about my journey, is that there are some things that there are patterns laid out for. There are some things where we are literally creating that pattern because we are the new thing. Just imagine how David felt knowing that all of his other brothers were received in the house and perceived to be good enough, but David wasn't even invited in the house. See, while the other seven brothers were in the home with Samuel, the man of God, and Jesse, their father, David is out on the field. He's out on the field with the sheep, but watch. While he's out there with the sheep, he's learning how to lead. He's learning how to take uh, uh, responsibility for the sheep because he would rise up to be a king. And a king, in many ways, is like a shepherd. See, uh, mismanaged rejection is the source of unnecessary failure because it often makes one act without regard to the consequences. And that's called coping. And many leaders never, ever deal with this issue. Many leaders never, ever deal with this. And so it shows up in their organizations. It shows up in how they lead. It shows up in how they build. Question, how do you spell relief when you've been rejected? When you've been looked over, is it addiction? Is it an attitude? Is it depression? Is it a negative self-image? Is it being needy? Is it being promiscuous? Is it being deceitful? David mismanaged the rejection of his father and started spelling relief in all the wrong ways. And the crazy part is David, the Bible doesn't record that David and his father ever had any conversation about why, about why. And sometimes the why matters because the, uh, uh, and sometimes the why doesn't matter. Um, in this case, the why probably wasn't as significant. And I've taught about the why before messages, but for the purpose of our talk today, it probably doesn't really matter because Jesse's name, the father of David, it literally means God's gift. So sometimes rejection is direction. Sometimes rejection is protection. See, Jesse's rejection of David was supposed to be a gift to David, but David mismanaged it. As a business owner, rejection is a gift to you. Don't mismanage it. Don't start talking about, I'm going to shut down my business because this customer didn't want the product. Don't start talking about, I'm getting out of sales because... This person doesn't want the product. Um, at the end of the day, we don't know the extent of Jesse's relationship with David, nor exactly why David was omitted from the meeting with the man of God. Now, I've taught and given you that before, if you follow the messages and what have you, um, that every time Jesse looks at David, he's being reminded of the relationship between him and David's mother. Because we know that David and his brothers had different mothers. We know this because David says he was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. All right. So David is basically saying the way I got here was not the way my brothers got here. My brothers got here through another relationship that I didn't come through. All right. But we do know this, um, that later in life, David is affected by um, because of the decisions that he makes in life. And it affects his leadership. And this is where I want you to get. Because when, when you've been a looked over leader, it can affect how you lead. It can affect your leadership. See, when rejection goes in, it normally comes out as a functional dysfunction. When rejection goes in, 
when you experience it, it normally can come out as a functional dysfunction. And I want to teach you today how to how to not do that. I want to teach you how to maximize rejection, not let rejection make you muddy and messy. All right. Um, what's a functional dysfunction? It's things that we do that do not work, but we keep doing them as they do. See, David coped through sexual addiction because in those moments it made him feel accepted. So he had several children with several women. He became a womanizer. He would abuse the kindness and mercy uh, of, of others. He took advantage of Bathsheba. He was the king. She couldn't say no. Uh, it made him a deceiver. He became very deceptive as a leader, as a leader. Um, he set up his his strong warrior, Uriah, to be murdered. And Uriah was called one of David's mighty men. This means he was loyal to David, even when others had turned against David. But David would have rather lived with the guilt of being responsible for Uriah's death than having dealt with Uriah's rejection for him of who he really was. Um, David could have had an honest conversation with Uriah. And sometimes as leaders, we avoid honest, direct conversations. And at the end of the day, uh, as a leader, you've seen this happen where people have rejected you because they've been rejected by other people. They rejected you because their father rejected them. You see this all throughout your organization. Um, it gave David some negative coping methods that affected his leadership. He began to delegate when he shouldn't. He began to love who hated him and hate who loved, hated, hating, excuse me, who loved him. Uh, later on, you discover that David has a son named Absalom. Absalom tries to take the kingdom from David, literally tries to have a coup d'etat, an overthrow of David's government. But guess what? David loved his son. David said, oh my God, my Absalom, my Absalom. And Joab has to say to him, you love who hates you, you hate who loves you. It affects his leadership. When you've been looked over, it can negatively affect your leadership. But the beauty of this is that David, again, was the eighth seed. David's name means beloved or accepted. See, he was rejected. He was looked over, but he was beloved by God. Eight, again, it means a new beginning. It means to be loosed from your negative coping mechanism and make a, a new beginning. So I want to say this to you as a leader. We've all been looked over. What in you, I want to ask you a, a really important question. What have become your negative coping mechanism? What have, what have you been doing to cope? That's the question. What have you been doing to cope? Okay. This is so important for every leader to ask. Even if you think you've not been looked over, this is an important question to ask yourself because it affects your leadership. Right. Um, number two, here's what I want you to do. Once you ask yourself that question, I want you to look up. I want you to realize you're loved and accepted by God, even as a leader. Flaws and all, you're loved and accepted by God. Here's the third thing I want you to do. Look forward. So if I could sum these three points up for today's leadership talk, and it's short on purpose because I want you to really take the time to do the work. If you've been looked over, which we all have been at some point, first, I want you to look in. I want you to look in. Ask yourself, how have I been coping? How I've been dealing with this? What is what has been what has negatively affected my leadership because I've been looked over? Then I want you to look up and realize God accepts me. God loves me. I'm in this role for a reason. I'm in this seat of authority for a reason. And then here's number three. I want you to look forward. I want you to look forward. Look in, look up, look forward. When you've been looked over, look in, look up, look forward. When you've been looked over, look in, look up. 
Look for because even after this, David recovered. David bounced back. The child, the first child, that child didn't survive. David and Bathsheba had another child. That child's name was Solomon. Solomon, up until recently, was the richest recorded man in history. One of the wisest men to ever walk the face of the planet, which means that when you've been looked over, it's not the end. It means that even when you've made mistakes because you didn't look in, look up, look for, guess what? God still has the ability to give you a bounce back. And I want to encourage every leader, especially as we're moving into spring and summer of this year, 2021, the time this podcast is being recorded. I want you to use that methodology for how you lead going forward. Whenever you feel looked over, whenever you feel like you've lost something, whenever you feel like you're losing, whenever you feel like um, things aren't working well for you, that's your strategy for it. Look in, look up, look forward. Hey guys, if this blessed you, I need you to share it. Leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast and I want you to sow. Bless what blesses you. Simplest way, go to harvestchurch.church, click on give or harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Much love to you and I'll see you real soon. Shalom. Yep, we love God and we love people and you know we love life. Love life. If you're looking to grow your family, Shady Grove Fertility is the place more people turn and where more physicians refer their patients. From the first appointment to welcoming home baby, Shady Grove Fertility is here for you. Backed by science and powered by hope, plus a 100% refund on IVF, Shady Grove Fertility is dedicated to delivering exceptional family building care in Rockville, DC, Fairfax, and beyond. Miracles made here. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.